What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, and also at EthosFantasyBB. That's where all of our new baseball, fantasy baseball content gets dropped, whether it be these podcasts, different articles, news and notes, updates to our draft guide. Everything is available for you on Twitter, at EthosFantasyBB. If you don't want to go on Twitter, if you're somebody who likes to avoid it, and I can certainly see the appeal of that these days, you can go right to sportsethos.com, hover over the MLB tab, and you guys will get all of the same content that you do see over on the Twitter side. We are very, very, very close to opening day now. We're within two weeks. It is very exciting time here for us at Sports Ethos. We have a ton of great content that the guys have put together. Really proud of all their work. And it's also just a very exciting time uh, with drafts fully in swing. I've done five, six drafts, six actual drafts for this season. I have three more left, I believe, unless I'm forgetting one. I think it's three more left, so we're going to end up with nine. And I was thinking I might get up to ten. We'll see if we round it out to ten. But regardless, it's a very fun time filling out your rosters, seeing how many shares you have of which player. And that's for the degenerates like myself who play in many different leagues. There might be some of you we're still preparing for your one draft. I know in my home league, everybody else in that league is just doing that one draft. So those guys are still kind of getting ready for what will be their only shares of, of their players, which is kind of, a, I think, an important thing to talk about before we get into today's episode, which will be a mock draft, which you guys have seen from the title. How to choose which players and how to decide you know, what's good value really depends partially on how many leagues you are doing. You know, If you're doing just one league and you, you, know, you take Jacob deGrom in the second round, it's really risky. Like I would, I'm going to do it in a couple of leagues. I haven't done it yet. I don't have any DeGrom, but I'm going to do whatever I can to get one or two shares of him uh, in these leagues that I have left that have IL spots. I'm going to try my best, and that is partially because... I have a bunch of different leagues. If DeGrom does get hurt in one of these leagues, even though the home league does matter more to me, it's not the highest buy-in I play in, but the home league is is the one that matters to me the most. You know, we're bragging rights with your friends. I want to do well in that league, but at the same time, I'll take a share of DeGrom because I have a bunch of other leagues. If DeGrom goes down, there's so many different player shares that at the end of the day, one share in one league doesn't really matter that much. If you're playing in just the one league and you lose your second round pick or first round pick, then the calculus changes. It's a lot harder to you know compete for the whole season, and that would be your only you know foray into fantasy baseball for this year. So that would kind of just ruin the year for you. It really does depend, and there are so many different strategies we could talk about. And we have talked about over the course of the various mocks and different episodes that you you can implement. I would recommend that this is for people who are just doing one draft. Be as safe as you possibly can with your draft picks. Try not to go for your DeGroms. Try not to go for Byron Buxton's and Adalberto Mondesi's. And now we got you know Carlos Rodon and Tyler Glass now in those types. If you're playing in one league, I, I wouldn't be going for those guys specifically because there is just such a risk of ruining your whole enjoyment of fantasy baseball for the whole season. Whereas if you have 12 leagues and you take a couple DeGroms or one, two, three DeGroms, and let's say he misses the whole year, knock on wood, it's not going to hurt you as badly as it will if you just have them in the one league. That's just my two cents before we start getting going with the draft here, just about how I like to think about it. Because I used to be a guy who just played one league, you know, my first few years playing fantasy baseball, it was just one league, one head-to-head categories league, which is my home league still. Uh, but, you know, I'd be very safe with those leagues because I didn't want to have guys getting hurt and you know ruin my entire year of fantasy baseball. Anyway, just my two cents before we get going here today. 
We're going to be doing this one over on Fantasy Pros. It's going to be Yahoo style, though. It's going to be 12 teams. It's going to be the same kind of lineups that you would see over on Yahoo. One catcher, one first baseman, one second baseman, one shortstop, one third baseman. There's no corner infield. There's no middle infield spots. There's three outfield. There was two starting pitcher, two relief pitcher, four miscellaneous pitchers, and then the two utility slots, of course, to fill out your starting lineup. And then there are five uh, bench options. So 18 starters, five bench options. I'm going to be drafting out of the sixth spot. I think that's probably my favorite spot to be going from this year. I've mixed it around a little bit in these mock drafts, but we haven't done one in a few weeks. The last one we did was a 10-teamer as well, so this is going to be a little bit different. It was a, a Yahoo style as well, but this is going to be 12 teams, standard Yahoo everything except the one caveat there is that there's going to be just one Shohei Otani player as opposed to two because that's the way that the Fantasy Pros technology works here, and that's totally okay with me. Uh, it's a lot easier to go through a mock draft on Fantasy Pros than it is going through actual Yahoo with real people and 30-second pick clocks here. There's no pick clock. I'll talk about my picks. I'll go through some for some of the drafts. I'll go through the other picks that get made, but mostly I'll just be talking about how I'm trying to construct this team. And let's just kick it off here. Uh, I think we got all the settings right. Yeah, everything looks good. Start your engines, and the draft is loading as we speak. So let's see how the cookie crumbled. It was Acuna, Otani second, Judge, Ramirez, and then Trey Turner. That's not the usual way you see a draft board go. Uh, Acuna, Otani, Judge, Ramirez, and Turner. I've seen a lot of different draft boards this season, a lot of different um, strategies, a lot of different ways people go about it. That one's a little bit unique. I think I'm going to take Julio Rodriguez. Even though I have Kyle Tucker ranked above Julio Rodriguez, I've taken I've taken Kyle Tucker in almost every single mock draft that I have done. Uh, so I'm going to take Julio Rodriguez here, diversify a little bit like I talked about. A bunch of different drafts, diversify one draft. You know, know your guys going in. And I do know my guys, but for the purposes of this, we're going to be mixing it up just, uh, just a touch from what you might have seen from me in the past. Um, now we're up in the second round after Rodriguez with me. It was Soto, Mookie Betts, Garrett Cole at 109, Jordan Alvarez, Vlad Guerrero, and Kyle Tucker went all the way at the last pick of the first round, followed by Bobby Witt to start off round two. That's a nice little pairing of Tucker and Witt. And it went Boba Shett, Freddie Freeman, Corbin Burns, Jacob DeGrom at 205. You see, that's what's happening with DeGrom. His price is just getting more and more expensive. It makes him that much riskier here. Let's say you are talking about just one league to take the Grom 205. You're you're potentially playing with fire there. And then Mike Trout went at 206. I think I'm going to go with my guy here, Manny Machado. I think this is a great price on him at 19 overall. Usually you're not getting him at this point. Taking care of third base. I'm going to go with Manny Machado here uh, at 207. And let's take a look and see what transpired. Justin Verlander, Fernando Tatis, Sandy Alcantara, Austin Riley, and Pete Alonso wrapping up round two, followed by Rafael Devers, Paul Goldschmidt, Aaron Nola, Jose Altuve still going in there at 304. I guess people haven't updated the rankings fully. That one is a little strange. Uh, it should be going off of the ECR and ADP, but maybe, maybe some people haven't updated that yet. Uh, totally possible. I'm up here again at 306, and for me, from what I'm looking at here, I'm going to just take a look at everybody that's available left, but Spencer Strider looks very attractive here at this point of the draft still. I think I'm going to do it. A lot of the time, you're not seeing him last till pick 30 anymore. I've seen uh, 
the NFBC main events, the highest stakes uh, fantasy baseball leagues in the industry have started to get going here. We're talking $1,700 U.S. entry fee. If you're Canadian, that'd be a $2,500 entry fee uh, with the way our dollar is so strong at the moment. But that is kind of the way that it's trending with pitchers going up into the second round. DeGrom is going up into the, the second. I've seen Strider, I think, go into the first a couple of times. So getting him here at pick 30 overall, I think, is what I'm going to do here. I'm going to take Spencer Strider. Most of the time this year, I've waited on pitching, but I think at this point, I'd pick 30. Uh, he is a very, very good value uh, when you're looking at the rest of the player pool. Looking at who we have still to go off of, Emmanuel Classe at pick 43 is definitely tempting. He is, you know, at this point, I mean, I, I think Hayter is still number one, but to get Classe at this point, he doesn't usually last till pick 43 overall. I think I might be cheeky, and I might try and wait another round because Classe and Hayter are still on the board. I might be getting too cheeky at this point, but I think I am going to wait here on closer. I like what I've got so far. Taking care of third base with Machado. I've got Julio Rodriguez, and then I have Spencer Strider as the ace of my staff. Just going position by position here. Second base, there are still a couple of very interesting names up there. Jazz Chisholm and Ozzy Albies mainly. Uh, Brandon Woodruff is still there from a starting pitching perspective. Third base, we don't have to worry about, but we still have Bregman and Gunnar Henderson later on if we wanted to fill out utility slots there. Outfield is thinning out quite a bit. Cedric Mullins, George Springer, Adelise Garcia. That being said, though, I think I will go back and take uh, the second baseman. I think I will go with Jazz Chisholm, even though there's you know a little bit of concern regarding health and regarding learning a new position. Jazz Chisholm, if he reaches... The top of his potential. I mean, in 60 games last season, he had 14 homers and 12 steals. Let's say he even doubles that, plays 120 games. You're getting 28 and 24. I think I'm going to take Jazz here. I think it's a good price at 43, right where the ECR is, right where the ADP is. I think it's a good spot to take Jazz Chisholm, get my second baseman taken care of here. And, of course, Cedric Mullins goes off the board right after. That sucks. Uh, do I have either of my closers still available to me that I wanted? I'm guessing probably not. Let's take a look. Yep, they both went. Hater and Classe both went, which at this point means I'm pr probably going to wait. I think I'd like to, to build out the outfield a little bit more, although the guys who are going in this range of outfielder are a little bit early, I think, in terms of where to take them. You know, We're still in the mid-50s overall here. I don't know that I'm necessarily in that sweet spot for Springer. I mean, Adelise Garcia, I think I could take here, and it would be reasonably justified. Hmm. Decisions, decisions, folks, and this is what happens when you don't have a clock. You can just kind of talk through it. I'm looking at my batting average. It should be pretty good with Julio and Manny. Now Chisholm will bring that down a little bit. Uh, the best player by ECR on the board still is Ozzy Albies. Now, I probably, looking back on it, maybe should have waited, not taken Chisholm. If I'd known I could have got Albies around later, I probably would have done it. I might go and shore up the starting pitching with another arm and get Kevin Gosman. I think that's what I am going to do here. Kevin Gosman, again, today had an outing in spring training, looked very, very good. I think that he is still very underrated, honestly. Like, I... I don't know what it is that he's got to do to prove to people that he can be an SP one and you know go out there and potentially be a Cy Young winner. Like that's that is how good Kevin Gosman is. It's truly not hyperbolic or homerism or whatever you want to call it. Being a Toronto fan, Kevin Gosman is is that good. And I think here at pick fifty four, I, I think it does make sense. His price is getting more expensive, but I think to get him here, 
I will take that, absolutely. So I got Strider and Gosman, Chisholm, Machado, and Julio Rodriguez. My God, if I can build out a draft like this in my home league, I think I'm going to be taking home the cake. And I still have a closer available to me that I am definitely interested in, and that is Jordan Romano. Now, Jordan Romano is still there. Devin Williams, Ryan Presley, Rizal Iglesias, Ryan Helsley. There's still a lot of closers. There's still... Honestly, every position is still looking pretty good. I've taken care of the scarce ones earlier on, second and third. Catcher, and especially in a one-catcher league, I know I've talked a lot in terms of two-catcher formats this offseason, but we're starting to enter in more to the period where people are playing one-catcher leagues. You don't need to be drafting guys very early. I know Real Mudo and Varsho are going, you know, Real Mudo usually in the second round of 15-team NFBC leagues. Varsho is like the third round usually. You don't need to be taking them that early on. There's so much value, like... I think the guy that I'm really, truly aiming for a lot of the time this year is Tyler Stevenson. But anybody from that Alejandro Kirk to, like, Danny Jansen range, from about the 7th to the 13th catcher by ECR, I think that's a really solid, solid range for you there. I think I'm going to keep waiting because there's just so many names on the board with that position. I don't expect them to fly off the board really that soon here. Romano is the number one player available by ranking. I think at 67, it really does make sense to take him here. I think that's a very good price. He's fallen farther than I than I thought he would. Uh, his ECR is 56, ADP is 65. Regardless here, I'm going to take care of saves fairly early on. I'm going to get one guy that I think can be in the rota- or in the bullpen as my close of the whole year. I'll take one guy who is kind of a little bit farther down, who is more of a speculative kind of guy where there's still a closer, but maybe like a David Bednar type where – there's not as much assurance, and then uh, typically that's what I'll do. One stud, one middle of the pack, and then I'll speculate later on on one guy. Maybe it's a – or maybe even two guys, you know, a Dylan Floro, a Kendall Graveman, uh, depending on where you can get him, like a Jose Leclerc, who should still be the closer, but, you know, there's not as much value as there will be with a lot of other guys. So that's generally what I do with closer. Romano is my stud closer here in this draft. So Chisholm, Manny Machado, and Julio Rodriguez make up the batters. Strider, Gosman, and Romano are my pitching staff at the moment. We're at pick 78. Teoscar Hernandez is still sitting out there. I think I might just do that. I think it's a great bargain for him at this point. Corbin Carroll went off the board before him. Stephen Kwan has gone off the board here in the first 78 picks. That's shocking. Where the hell did Stephen Kwan go off the board? Oh, Lily, the pick right before mine here. 77 overall. Oh, man, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, I suppose. The ECR has had a couple of beverages today. But let's look at Teoscar Hernandez. I think that he is the guy that I probably will be taking here. I know he had a little bit of a down year last year, but still that resulted in 25 homers, solid batting average, threw in a couple of steals. I think that he is the guy that I will be going for here. I think the price is very reasonable in the late 70s for Teoscar. A lot of the time you're paying you know, end of the 50s, beginning of the 60s. I'm shoring up all the categories again here. He's not really going to hurt you anywhere. Solid batting average, good homers, could be great counting stats available for him in, in that in that lineup this year. And then the stolen bases will probably not be crazy, but I think, you know, between 7 and 10 is probably what I would expect. So I think at this point, Teoscar Hernandez is who I am going to take at my second outfielder taken here. And they called it a value pick. He is ranked 58 in the ECR. I got him at 78. Absolutely will take that. Now, at this point of the draft... I need to take, I don't need to take, but I'm about to blow up my my logic from what I said before about waiting on a closer because Ryan Presley is still available here at pick 91. I don't understand it. His ECR is 67. 
ADP is 71. I think that this is very, very late for him to still be available. I'll just secure saves. No problem there. Then I won't have to worry about, you know, mixing it up and diversifying, hoping to nail somebody later on with with closer, with uh, with a save potential, excuse me there. I don't have to worry about going for one of those shittier guys down the line because I've got Romano and Presley who are both going to give me 30-ish saves. Maybe Presley gives you 28. Romano gives you 26 or something. Either way, we're going to be looking at the ballpark of 55 to 60 saves, and I've taken care of it. Now, I don't have to think about relief pitcher again for the rest of this draft, unless maybe with my last pick I want to take him or I take somebody. But at this point, I've I've secured the pitching stats very handsomely, if I do say so myself. Now, at this point, I need a shortstop. Something I've been doing almost every single draft, I feel like anyway, is waiting too far on shortstop, and then the board really gets dried up. That being said, I think I'm going to continue to wait a round or two here because I don't really like any of the guys going at the top. Correa, Pena, Nico Horner, Javi Baez. I think it's just a little bit too expensive still uh, for those guys at this point. We're just outside of the top 100 picks. I don't think I need to be doing that just yet. Although it, it might not hurt just to take care of it and get like a Correa. Mm, should I do it? Uh, let's see who's available for catchers at this point still. Wilson Contreras. All the guys in my range are still available. Starting pitching, I think I've got you know Strider and Gosman is a really good foundation. The next best starter available is Clayton Kershaw. Interesting. Definitely interesting. I pick 102. Uh, relief pitcher's been taken care of. Outfield, we're well on our way. Everything, you know, this is what I like when I set myself up early on in the draft where I, I don't need specifically any particular position. Couple of closers, couple of starters. I got a couple of outfielders. I've taken care of the two most weak, the two weakest positions in the infield in second and third. I'm feeling very comfortable. This is the way I'd, I'd like to feel in all drafts through eight picks. This is definitely not the way I always feel, but I think it's part of it is you can take your time when there's no clock, which is not the way it'll usually be. I'm just trying to talk through my process with you guys. That's why there's no clock. But generally, you got to be a little bit more efficient at what I'm doing. Maybe you don't end up you know, being able to view the whole board as much as you might like. It's another reason why you should just come into your drafts as prepared as you possibly can be. I think Carlos Correa, the more I look at it, is the guy that I do want to go with. Even though I'm no big Correa fan, if you guys listen to the show, you know I you know, I can take him or I can leave him. But I think he is the guy I want to take care of here. You know, I'm gonna get solid batting average. Everything is gonna come probably except for stolen bases. Maybe you get one, maybe two, even that's probably pushing it. Solid batting average, solid everything else. You know, I've got steals pretty well taken care of with Jazz, with Machado, with Julio, with Teoscar. All those guys are going to steal bases. Julio probably 25-30. Jazz probably 25. Right there, we're looking at 50 plus Machado and Hernandez together, probably another 15 or 20. So I don't really need to focus so much on steals at this point. I'll just take a position that is thinning out, and I'll go with Carlos Correa here at 102. Not my favorite pick, but uh, at the end of the day, the way I've constructed my team, I do think it makes sense here. Probably going to keep going with starting pitching at this point. Let's see if my guy Clayton is still there. He is not the highest-ranked starting pitcher available. Severino followed by George Kirby, Blake Snell. Um, I'll go off of my own rankings here, and I'll take George Kirby. Uh, yeah, George Kirby at 115. I think that's a very reasonable price. Value pick according to Fantasy Pros. And the more I look at this team, the more I really, really like it. Now, I need a first baseman, and I need a catcher. Those are the main holes, if I have them at this point in my draft. 
Uh, let's take a look at who we've got available to us. First base, not great at this point. CJ Crone, who's injured. He's got back spasms at the moment. Um, man, Ryan Mountcastle, Anthony Rizzo, Rowdy Telez, Josh Bell, Jose Miranda. First base, probably waited a little long on first base. But still, there's no studs there, but there's still a lot of guys I can speculate on. I don't need to take one this round, honestly. I think what I will do is I will take a catcher before they are really, truly all gone. And where the hell have the catchers gone on my page? Sometimes I do get a little bit... Uh, <laughs> A little bit lost in this page sometimes. There is a lot of information here. Here it is, catcher. I got my boy Alejandro Kirk at 126. I like that, even though he's slow to ramp up this offseason. I still think, well, actually, there's a report right here, like just from seconds ago. Kirk is reported feeling better. and went through a full workout on Monday. He was scratched on the Blue Jays' spring training game this weekend due to an illness. He should return to the lineup sometime this week. I think that – I think I'm in at this point, 126. Although the more I look at it, there are still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven catchers that I'm comfortable with. So I don't really need to. First base and catcher, I don't really love at this particular spot of the draft. So I think I'll turn away. I'll turn my back on both of those spots. I'll look at outfield. I do need a third outfielder. Nick Castellanos is still sitting here. I think I'm going to take him. I think I'm going to buy into the bounce back. I think the price is pretty reasonable at this point. We could still see somebody contribute across four and a half categories. Maybe steals won't be that much. But I think overall, we can see a lot better version of Nick Castellanos than what we saw last year. And he's the guy that I like the most in this particular range. So I'll take Castellanos. They're calling it another value pick. I definitely like um, I definitely like my outfield. Julio, Teoscar, and Castellanos. Now I'll turn back and I'll see what catchers have been taken. So Kirk... And MJ Melendez were taken. I'll play with fire for one more round. I'll go take a first baseman. And I think I'll take Rowdy. Get get me some power there. Uh, he might be the most powerful guy on the team at this point. The power is not bad, actually. Do I need power or should I prioritize maybe some batting average there? Um, no, nah, I'll go Rowdy. I think Rowdy makes sense. Yeah, let's go Rowdy up here at one, pick 140. They call it a slight reach. They said he might have been available on my next pick, so it's considered a slight reach. That's okay. Let's see if my catcher got taken and see how stupid I really feel. Nope, he's still there. Tyler Stevenson is still there. I pick 150. I am taking my guy. And they're calling that a reach, too. You know what? That is not the case. At pick 150, Tyler Stevenson is not a reach. That is an absolutely fair price to be paying for him this season. There's no way that you can look at that and see it as a reach as far as I see it. Um, let's see who is going to go next here. Just looking at the overall board. Mayan Mountcastle is the highest rated player that they've got still left here. Uh, starting pitcher wise, the highest ranked guy that they got is Chris Sale. Chris Sale's been going close to a top 100 pick in main events. I don't understand it. I really don't. People see, you know, a couple of good spring outings and they remember Chris Sale of yesteryear and the people get all excited. He's been drafted in the top 100. I just don't understand why. I, I really, truly don't. That being said, though, I pick 163. We're getting more reasonable for sure. I still don't know like if I'd want to take him. Just looking at him right now, I, I don't know that I really want to. I might, but you know, honestly, I, I'm not going to take him with this pick. I think I would rather go 
for somebody who, in my mind, is a little more stable. And with Chris Sale, the injuries have been kind of fluky. Not something you can look at and say, yes, this is going to recur for sure. But I just don't really want to be in bed with him at this point of his career. I don't know that there's that much upside really left in the tank of Chris Sale. If he's still there in the next round, then maybe, maybe. But I just, I'm just looking at my options here. There's not much that I really love. I think I might go and fill out a utility spot, and I'll take Ryan Mountcastle. I think that's what we're going to do here. I pick 163, get pair, get get rid of one of my utility spots. Also having a backup first baseman there. Um, let's see, is Chris still, if he's still there, I'll take him. Let's see if he's still there. He's not. He was straight. He was taken. Uh, I do need to add another starting pitcher, and I think at this point it's time to get a guy that I have been getting a lot this year, and that is Mr. Grayson Rodriguez. A lot of the time you're having to pay even a more expensive price than this, and I got him 174 which is generally about where he's going, but it is increasing the price. And if you got him like I do here as your fourth starting pitcher, I think that you're, you're going to be in for a very good season. Um, and obviously, what the hell was that all about? Brandon Fott's going to go down to the minor leagues. I thought for sure he was starting the year with a big league club, but it just shows that we never know. Grayson Rodriguez might end up not being a great pick. I've got him in a lot of leagues, so I hope he does start the year in the majors, but there is also the chance that Baltimore does something foolish and they start him down in the minor leagues. I don't expect it, but it's definitely possible. Uh, pick 187 here. I think I'm going to go with Brandon Lau. I am going to get a utility spot guy, a backup second baseman, somebody coming off of a down year who I, I think is honestly going to come back a lot stronger this year. He missed about 100 games with injury. He never really fully got going. Even when he came back from the injury, he was not really what you would have hoped for, which is just unfortunate. But at the end of the day, uh, I think that he is a lot better than what we saw last season for sure. Let's take a look at the remaining starting pitchers here. Andrew Heaney, Patrick Sandoval, Reed Detmers. Very much interests me here. Uh, pick 198. He's the guy I'm going to go with. He's getting a lot of hype this spring. They're calling it a reach, and I don't even care. They're saying 89% chance that he would have been there with my next pick. Eh, maybe he would have. At this point, and it's because I've set myself up very nicely in this draft, there's nothing else I need. There's nothing else that I am like lacking. I've got a good base of batting average with guys like Stevenson, Carlos Correa, Machado, Julio, Teoscar, Castellanos should be a contributor there as well. We got good speed with Chisholm, with Machado, with Julio, with Teoscar as well. The power is there. Rowdy is going to hit 35 homers. Jazz, 20. Carlos, 20, 25. Machado, 30. Julio, 30. Teoscar, 30. Castellanos, 30. The offense is unimpeachable as far as I see it, obviously. I'm going to think that was with the team I drafted, but I love it. I honestly love this offense. If I look at the pitching, Strider, Gossman, Kirby, Grayson Rodriguez, and Reed Detmers, to go along with Romano and Presley as my closers, if I don't get an A-plus from Fantasy Pros, I'm not going to be happy here because I think this is one of the best teams I've assembled this year. Um, let's see. I still should probably just keep adding starting pitching depth at this point. Edward Cabrera might be my guy. Maybe I go Patrick Sandoval, though. Mm, I think I go Patrick Sandoval here because I think Cabrera will still be available to me uh, on the next turn around. So we go with Sandoval, considered to be a value pick. That's always nice. And I think my guy, Edward Cabrera, is, in fact, still here for me. I like it. They called it a reach. I don't care. I'm getting my guys at this point of the draft reaching for a little bit of upside. I think Edward Cabrera can really be this year's Dylan Cease. I've said that a lot. I think that he is going to, maybe not he is going to, but I think there's a strong 
correlation between what the two of them have done so far in their careers with the big strikeout numbers, high walk rates. There's a lot that is similar between them. I think that there's a good chance Edward Cabrera breaks out. He is my most rostered player this offseason. He is somebody that I'm really hoping for the best. Starting pitching-wise, I think I'm just about there. Maybe take one or two more guys here just to kind of shore it up because I've said this a lot on different shows. I don't like to take position players, for the most part, on my bench. I think it's a waste of resources in the Daily Changes League. I don't think it's something that you guys need to be doing. So for the most part, I am going to discontinue getting upside starters. I'll get Hunter Brown right here. And they're not calling it a reach or, or anything like that. They're just calling it a fine pick, which is good. I, I, in terms of the bench spots, I don't like using daily changes bench spots on a batter, on a position player, other than maybe one spot. You got a bench of four, five, six players, whatever it is. Use one, at most two, on position players because it's a headache and daily changes to decide every day this matchup or that matchup. Half the time, you end up choosing the wrong guy in those situations anyway. The guy who is on your bench will end up hitting the home run, and it will drive you freaking nuts. I would recommend just not even going about it. Just forget about it all together. Um, and I'm, by all together, I mean like take one. At most one, and at that point, you're probably fine. I wanted to take Masataka Yoshida, but he was drafted. I will go for Riley Green. He will be the bench guy in this draft. Hoping for a bit of a breakout this season. Still a very, very highly regarded prospect. He had not a great first you know, jump into the majors, but they've also altered the park pretty much essentially to cater to him. So we'll see how much of an impact that has. I do like Riley Green, though, for this season. I should add a couple more starting pitchers at this point. Are there any relief pitchers maybe I could speculate on? Because I said that there's a chance, like, maybe at the end of the draft I speculate on one more. Is there anybody really worth it? Kyle Finnegan, that's perfect. That is totally perfect. He's somebody who has a closer job right now. You take him with your second last pick. He should be able to get you 20 saves, and I should be running away with first place in terms of the save category here. I, there should be no question about it. My last pick, uh, I think I might go for Ezekiel Tovar, even though I just said I'd just try to go for one guy. At most, two guys on the bench. To Tovar will be my second guy. He is also somebody that I'm trying to roster wherever I can this year. I think he can break out give you solid five-category production in a great Colorado lineup. He is my last pick here, and we will see how I have been rated by the Fantasy Pros. 84 out of 100. Not bad. Not bad. 84 out of 100. I think I'll take it at that point. It's it's how well are you really going to end up doing? Some guy got a 98. Well, that's that's interesting. I think my team makes a lot of sense the way I have built it. Let's see what experts like my team here and who doesn't like my team. This is always kind of fun. Mike Mayer likes my team. Who, uh, Joe Pisapia likes my team. Dalton Del Don likes the team. Uh, Pat Fitzmorris and Nick Mariano all like my team. Scott Youngson and Ryan Amore from Pitcherless do not like it. Ariel Cohen does not like my team. He'll be here next week. Maybe we'll ask him about that. Uh, Andrew Seifter from Fantasy Pros does not like it. And Scott White does not like my team either. Unfortunate, but it is okay. Uh, the way that they project the individual categories, RBIs and home runs, I'm projected to do very well. Stolen base, middle of the pack. Runs and average actually lower in the pack. They think I'll only have a 261 batting average. I think that it'll be probably a little bit higher than that. Obviously, it's tricky at that point. The highest projected one is 274, so you never really know. But I would have thought it would have been higher than that. 
Now, I'm projected for fifth in saves. I don't know what this Santana Claus team did with their saves, but let's take a look because they're projected for one by a mile. They have Hayter, Williams, and Rizal Iglesias, and Kenley Jansen, and Daniel Bard and Scott Barlow. Holy shit, the, the computer went nuts on saves for that team. Okay, well, nothing I can do to compete with seven closers on a team. I don't know how that team is going to compete in any other category. Uh, they're projected for last in wins, last in strikeouts. Uh, I think overall, I do like this team. I, I think that when I look at it, there's nothing that I would really want to change. I think that you know, I got my guys at the scarce positions, Jazz Chisholm, Manny Machado. Those are the guys that, you know, depending on the draft, and Machado I've targeted a lot. Chisholm, in a shallower league, in a 12-team league with IL spots, he is a great target. Even if he does get hurt, there's a ton of value on the waiver wire. Second base is always a little tricky, but I think second base is actually a lot better than people think this season. There are guys that you can get that are not going to be that expensive speculating on around pick 200 and beyond that could be able to really help you out this year. A guy like Jazz, even though there is some volatility, I think at the end of the day, even if he gives you 110 games, 120 games, you'll be able to make up that deficiency that you might have if he were to miss some time. But guys, that will do it for me. Appreciate you guys hanging out, kicking off your week here as we do every Monday. I'm trying to figure out exactly what we're going to do for the shows that I have not plotted out. You know, we're going to be doing an ADP battle show tomorrow with Scott Bogman and Michael Govier. We're actually taping that one later today. There's going to be a pitching episode with Alex Fast. There's going to be a projection episode with Ariel Cohen. We're going to try and do our leaf pitching episode as well with Mike Carter. And we're going to try and get Greg Jewett as well. We're going to try and coordinate everybody's schedules. A lot of stuff that is going to be fun coming up on the podcast feed over the next couple weeks. I hope you guys will join us by hitting the subscribe button, downloading the podcast, letting us know what you think. Leave a five-star review. That would be ideal, of course. But you guys can let me know any comments or any concerns, anything like that, over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. And also at EthosFantasyBB. That's where all of our new baseball and fantasy baseball content gets posted. These podcasts, articles, news and notes, everything for our draft guide, and a whole lot more, guys. Check it out over on Twitter at EthosFantasyBB and also at SportsEthos.com. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll be joined by a couple of great friends, Scott Bogman and Michael Govier. It should be a very fun episode. I hope you guys are hanging out. But until then, take care. Have a great night. And cheers, everybody. Cheers.